0: Good morning, y'all. This is Dana from Let's Talk Financial Aid and Financial Aid Compliance Solutions. And today I'd like to welcome everyone uh, for the Constitution Day celebration. And at 10 a.m. we will begin the live reading of our Constitution. Uh, I have a few guest uh, readers that will be calling in to participate in the reading uh, so that it's a little bit more uh, lively uh, not so dry uh, as it would tend to be if just one person was reading it so i'm excited that i have a few guests that will be um, helping me read the constitution today Uh, while we're waiting for them to connect uh, i wanted to just give a little background on um, what today um, holds in our u.s history uh, it is actually the day that the Constitution was signed by our forefathers, um, and as most of us uh, know, it is the supreme law of the United States of America. Uh, I was not aware that um, it was the 233rd anniversary until I started doing some research, and also um, another. Um, reason why this day is so important is that for those of us that are in the financial aid world, uh, as a Title IV eligible institution, um, it is a requirement that this day is observed. So, uh, with having said that, um, that is why it is important for us to observe it and uh, I had seen a LinkedIn article a few weeks ago Um, come up on my page and realized um, it basically was an article asking how institutions were going to hold celebrations this year because as we all know, things have changed quite a bit um, with online uh, or I should say hybrid modules uh, where we're having to um, shift our classrooms from being uh, in person to online and so i decided that um, i had a vehicle um, with my podcast to be able to help with these celebrations and i just want to point out too that um you can also um, get the recording of this podcast um, if you're not able to attend it live Um, it will be um, available on uh, apple podcast which used to be known as itunes and uh, then we also have um, it available on Spotify. Um, and most recently, we became available on Amazon Audible. Uh, we're currently waiting for uh, it to be available on Pandora. Uh, so that is um, exciting news. So, a little bit more about the history. Um, the constitution originally uh, was comprising of the seven articles delineating the national frame of government its first three articles embody the doctrine of the separation of powers whereby the federal government is divided into three branches the legislative consisting of the bicameral congress which is in article one the executive consisting of the president and subordinate officers outlined in Article 2, and the judicial which is consisting of the Supreme Court and the other federal courts outlined in Article 3. Articles 4, Article 5, and Article 6 embody concepts of federalism describing the rights and responsibilities of state governments the states in relationship to the federal government, and the shared process of the Constitutional Amendment, Article 7, establishes the procedure subsequently used by the 13 states to ratify it. It is regarded as the oldest written and codified national constitution in force. Since the Constitution came into force in 1789, it has been amended 27 times, including one amendment that repealed a previous one, in order to meet the needs of a nation that has profoundly changed since the 18th century. In general, the first 10 amendments, known collectively as the Bill of Rights, offer specific protections of individual liberty and justice and place restrictions on the powers of government. The majority of the 17 later amendments expand individual civil rights protections. Others address issues related to federal authority or modify government processes and procedures. Amendments to the United States Constitution, unlike ones made to many constitutions worldwide, are appended to the document. All four pages of the original constitution are written on parchment. So that's a little bit of history that was provided to us regarding uh the um constitution and it was provided to us um or i read that actually i should say from uh, wikipedia which is a uh, great resource as we all know um Larice west has just joined in and she will be one of the guest readers um, i'm very happy to have her she is a voice coach and business consultant who helps businesses and professionals create systems strategy and innovation they love, as well as dynamic speaking and communication skills. She helps people feel comfortable and powerful as they share their unique genius and deeply connect with people, expanding their business and audience. The result for her clients is increased volume, impact and satisfaction. Larice offers a complimentary speaking or business strategy session and you can schedule that with her at com or at EasilyCreative.com. And uh, again, I, I can't thank her enough for helping um, me out with the reading today. Um, the next call-in um, or guest reader, I should say, is Linda Keever and uh, I am very happy to have her as well. Um, she happens to be um, a dear friend and accountability buddy of uh, mine in our marketing group. Um, Larice is also in my marketing group and a dear friend, and uh, through their encouragement, today would not have happened. Uh, Linda Kiever is a freelance writer who has been writing throughout her various careers, which have included proofreading, being an attorney, uh, playing music professionally, and coaching other musicians. She has recently focused her writing practice on websites and blogs. And next week, uh, you can find her at ByLindaKiever.com. So thank you very much, ladies, for joining in. Um, I have you listed right now as listeners. So um, I'm wondering if, let's see if I can you here.
1: Everything
0: is a learning experience. So here we go. Just see here. And uh, we'll get this started here. Well, I'm busy doing this. Um, I also wanna mention, we do have one other guest speaker that um, was going to um, also help with the reading this morning. And, uh, I am, um, waiting to hear, um, back. Otherwise I will be, um, also working on her section. And there we go. So while I'm waiting to hear um, Linda, uh, if you could just uh, let me know if uh, you're able to um, connect in, Um, you should be able to uh, just uh, say hello and uh, we'll get this started. Okay. Well, um, without further ado, I know we have a few more minutes, about five minutes here. Um, If anyone would like to um, pop any questions in uh, the chat while uh, we are waiting um, for connection, that would be great. Um, I'm more than happy to uh, be able to connect.
2: Hi, Linda. How are you? Hi there. I'm doing very well. Thanks. And you?
0: Excellent. Excellent. Um, just waiting for Larice to uh, connect in as well, um, and uh, once uh, she's able to connect in, she'll be able to read um, the beginning of uh, the Constitution for us. Um, let's see; she's typed in, so we'll just uh, wait. Did you have to literally call in, Linda? Is there a number?
2: Uh, no, I got onto the the Podbean podcast and mm-hmm. it showed that I had joined, but you have to put headphones in and you have to tap the telephone icon on the bottom to get it to connect.
0: Okay, um, Larice, uh, you are able to um, tap the, if you uh, follow the instructions with uh, regards to what Linda just provided about tapping in, um, you should be able to connect that way. and uh, we'll give it a few more minutes. Um, So, uh, Linda, I've been doing a lot of research since we um, originally spoke about the idea I had about doing this live reading. And um, I was sharing a little bit with you this morning that um, (laughs) I, I admit that I had not I did not know what today was about i knew that it was a requirement for my financial aid obligation with my institutions to remind them that they needed to observe today Mm -hmm. but i i was remiss at um how important today
2: was what did you learn what was the most important thing
0: well the most important thing that i learned uh was with regards to um it's a very important day in history (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was actually signed today, so uh, it was uh, a little, uh, I just could not believe that I didn't, I was not able to um, know that, and I should have known that, I kind of felt a little little off, if you will, that um, I was not aware how important today is. Hi,
3: Larisse, how are you? Hi, good, can you hear me? Yes, yes, we can hear you. fantastic.
0: Yeah, um, I was just sharing uh, with Linda that um, after I come up with the idea of uh, doing the live reading and that I did know that this was an important day for us in Title IV, um, the financial aid world, and that we needed to observe it as part of our uh, obligation for eligibility in the Title IV program with the Department of Ed. I actually didn't realize how important today was. So, um, and you know, just in the research, I found that today was the day it was that the constitution was actually signed. Um, so what after all this research, it? it was, uh, signed actually 233, 233 years ago today on, uh, September 17th, 1787. Wow. And we had originally, uh, seven, um, articles and, uh, we actually now have a total of 27. Um, there's been 20 uh, originally, seven, it started out with seven, and uh, we've had it amended 27 times to- or 20 times, I should say. Wow. Yeah. Well, wow. That's right. document. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Well, that was the that was the one thing when I said I was gonna read it and then all of a sudden I was like, wow, it's a pretty lengthy document. <laughs> <laughs>
2: True
0: story.
3: True it's story. Still, it feels True very story. exciting to do this.
0: I know. Yes, I, I, I'm pretty excited too. So well, um Larisse, I haven't heard um, from our other guest reader. Um, since we connected yesterday. So I think what I'm going to do is to um, keep everything on time because I know you have to leave um, for mm-hmm. a call at 1030. I'm going to let you kick us off, and then I'm going to go ahead and take over um, Nina's section. And, uh, Nina so is I'll,
3: actually uh, her name. Oh, I'm and sorry, I can, Nina. Um, I can send her – I can call her – well, I can send her a te- – well, I can't while I'm doing this, but – that's okay
0: that's sorry right. mm-hmm. um i'm sure mm-hmm. you know something may have came up so that, that and i was more than happy that she even you know expressed interest to help me out but um if you'd like to kick this off uh by starting with the preamble that would be great
3: there we go the constitution of the united states preamble we the people of the united states in order to form a more perfect union establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. Article One, the Legislative Branch. Section 1 the legislature. All legislative powers herein granted shall be vested in a Congress of the United States, which shall consist of a Senate and a House of Representatives. Section 2. The House. The House of Representatives shall be composed of members chosen every second year by the people of the several states And the electors in each state shall have the qualifications requisite for electors of the most numerous branch of the state legislature. No person shall be a representative who shall have not attained to the age of 25 years and been seven years a citizen of the United States. And who shall not, when elected, be an inhabitant of that state in which he shall be chosen. And then, in parentheses, representatives and direct taxes shall be apportioned among the several states which may be included within this union, according to their respective numbers, which shall be determined by adding to the whole number of free persons, including those bound to service for a term of years, and excluding Indians not taxed. Three-fifths of all other three-fifths of all other persons, and then that's closed parentheses. And then there's another parentheses. The previous sentence in parentheses was modified by the Fourteenth Amendment, Section Two. Closed parentheses. The actual enumeration shall be made within three years after the first meeting of the Congress of the United States, and within every subsequent term of ten years, in a manner as they shall by law direct. The number of representatives shall not exceed one for every 30,000, but each state shall have at least one representative. And until such enumeration shall be made, the state of New Hampshire shall be entitled to choose three, Massachusetts eight, Rhode Island, and Providence Plantations one, Connecticut five, New York, 6, New Jersey, 4, Pennsylvania, 8, Delaware, 1, Maryland, 6, Virginia, 10, North Carolina, 5, South Carolina, 5, and Georgia, 3. When vacancies happen in the representation from any state, the executive authority thereof shall issue writs of election to fill such vacancies. The House of Representatives shall choose their Speaker and other officers, and shall have the sole power of impeachment. Section 3. The Senate. The Senate of the United States shall be composed of two Senators from each State, in parentheses chosen by the Legislature thereof, close parentheses, new parentheses, in bold, the preceding words in parentheses superseded by 17th Amendment, section one, close parentheses. For six years, and each senator shall have one vote. Immediately after they shall be assembled, in consequence of the first election, they shall be divided as equally as may be into three classes. The seats of the senator of the first class shall be vacated at the expiration of the second year. Of the second class, at the expiration of the fourth year, and of the third class at the expiration of the sixth year, so that one-third may be chosen every second year. And if vacancies happen by resignation or otherwise, during the recess of the legislature of any state, the executive thereof may make temporary appointments until the next meeting of the legislature, which shall then fill such vacancies. Uh, that was in parentheses, in italics. And then in new parentheses in bold, the preceding words in parentheses were superseded by the 17th Amendment, Section 2, close parentheses. No person shall be a senator who shall not have attained to the age of 30 years and been nine years citizen citizens of, of the United States, and who shall not, when elected, be an inhabitant of that state for which he shall be chosen. The vice president of the United States shall be the president of the Senate, but shall have no vote unless they be equally divided. The Senate shall choose their other officers and also a president pro tempore in the absence of the vice president or when he shall exercise the office of the president of the United States. The Senate shall have the sole power to try all impeachments. When sitting for that purpose, they shall be on oath or affirmation. When the President of the United States is tried, the Chief Justice shall provide. And no person shall be convicted without the consequence of two-thirds of the members present. Judgment in cases of impeachment shall not extend further than to removal from office and disqualification to hold any office of honor, trust, or profit under the United States. But the party convicted, convicted shall nevertheless be liable and subject to indictment, trial, judgment, and punishment according to law. Section four, elections, comma, meetings. The times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. For the Congress may at any time, by law, make or alter such regulations, except as to the place of choosing senators. The Congress shall, shall assemble at least once every year, and such meeting shall, in parentheses, be on the first Monday of December, close parentheses, and new parentheses in bold, the preceding words in parentheses were superseded by the 20th Amendment, Section 2, close parentheses, and thus they shall by law be appointed a different day. Section 5, Membership, Rules, Journals, Adjournment. Each house shall be the judge of the elections, returns, and qualifications of its own members, and a majority Of each shall constitute a quorum to do business, but a smaller number may adjourn from day to day and may be authorized to compel the attendance of absent members in such manner and under such penalties as each house may provide. Each house may determine the rules of its proceedings, punish its members for disorderly behavior, and with the concurrence of two-thirds expel a member. Each house shall keep a journal of its proceedings and from time to time publish the same, accepting such parts as may in their judgment require secrecy. And the yeas and nays of mem- the members of either house on any question shall, at the desire of one-fifth of those present, be entered on the journal. Neither house during the, succession, during the session of Congress, shall, without the consent of the other, adjourn for more than three days, nor to any other place than that in which the two houses shall be sitting. Section six, six compensation, in parentheses in italics. The senators and representatives shall receive a compensation for their services, to be ascertained by law, and paid out of the treasury of the United States. Close parentheses. Then, in bold, in parentheses, the preceding words in parentheses were modified by the Twenty-Seventh Amendment. Close parentheses. They shall, in all cases except treason, felony, and breach of the peace, be privileged from arrest during their attendance at the session of their respective houses and in going and in returning from the same, and for any speech or debate in either house, they shall not be questioned in any other place. No senator or representative shall, during the time for which he was elected, be appointed to any civil office under the authority of the United States, which shall have been created, or the amulements thereof shall be shall have been increased during such time, and no person holding any office under the United States shall be a member of either House during his continuance in office. Section 7, Revenue Bills, Legislative Process, and Presidential Veto. All bills for raising revenue shall originate in the House of Representatives but the Senate may propose or concur with amendments as on other bills. Every bill shall have passed the House of Representatives and the Senate, shall, before it become law, a law, be presented to the President of the United States. If he approve, he shall sign it, but if not, he shall return it, with his objections to that House in which it shall have originated, who shall enter the objections at large on their journal, and shall proceed to reconsider it. If after such reconsiderations two-thirds of that house shall agree to pass the bill, it shall be sent, together with the objections, to the other house, by which it shall likewise be considered, and if approved by two-thirds of that house, it shall become a law. But in all such cases, the votes of both houses shall be determined by yeas and nays, and the names of the persons voting for and against the bill shall be entered on the journal of each house respectively. If any bill shall not be returned by the President within ten days, Sundays excepted, after it shall be have been presented to him, the same shall be a law, and in like manner as if he had signed it unless the congress by their adjournment prevent its return in which case it shall not be a law by every order resolution or vote to which the concurrence of the senate and house of representatives may be necessary in parentheses except on a question of adjournment (close parentheses shall be presented to the united President of the United States, and before the same shall take effect, shall be approved by him, or being disapproved by him, shall be repassed by two-thirds of the Senate and House of Representatives, according to the rules and limitations prescribed in the case of a bill. Section 8, Powers of Congress. The Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes— duties, imposts, and excises to pay the debts and provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States. But all duties, imposts, and exercises shall be uniform throughout the United States. To borrow money on the credit of the United States. To regulate commerce with foreign nations and among the several states and with the Indian tribes. To establish a uniform rule of naturalization and uniform laws on the subject of bankruptcies throughout the United States. To coin money, regulate the value thereof in a foreign coin and fix the standard of weights and measures. To provide for the punishment of counterfeiting the securities and current coin of the United States. To establish post offices and post roads. To promote the progress of science and useful arts by securing for limited times to authors and inventors the exclusive right to their respective writings and discoveries. To constitute tribunals inferior to the Supreme Court to define and publish, excuse me, to define and punish piracies and felonies committed on the high seas and offenses against the law of nations, to declare war, grant letters of mark and reprisal, and make rules concerning captures on land and water, to raise and support armies but no appropriation of money to that use shall be for a longer term than two years. To provide and maintain a navy. To make rules for the government and regulation of the land and naval forces. To provide for calling forth the militia to execute the laws of the Union, suppress insurrections and repel invasions to provide for organizing, arming, and disciplining the militia, and for governing such part of them as may em- be employed in the service of the United States, reserving to these states respectively the appointment of the officers and the authority of training the militia according to the disciplines, pr- discipline re- prescribed by Congress to exercise exclusive legislation in all cases whatsoever over such district not exceeding 10 miles square, as may, by concession of particular states and the acceptance of Congress, become the seat of the government of the United States, and to exercise like authority over all places purchased by the consent of the legislature of the State in which the same shall be, for the erection of forts, magazines, arsenals, dockyards, and other needful buildings, and to make all laws which shall be necessary and proper for carrying into execution the foregoing powers, and all other powers vested by this Constitution in the Government of the United States or in any department or officer thereof. Section nine, limits on Congress. The migration or importation of such persons as any of the states now existing shall think proper to admit, shall not be prohibited by the Congress prior to the year 1808 but a tax or duty may be imposed on such importation, not exceeding $10 for each person. The privilege of the writ of habeas corpus shall not be suspended, except when in cases of rebellion or invasion, invasion the public safety may require it. No bill of attainer or ex post facto law shall be passed. Then in parentheses and italics, no capitation or other direct... uh, It's not capitation. No capitation or other direct tax shall be laid unless in proportion to the census or enumeration herein before directed to be taken. End parentheses and italics. And then in bold parentheses... Section in parentheses clarified by the 16th Amendment, close parentheses. No tax or duty shall be laid on articles exported from any state. No preference shall be given by any regulation of commerce or revenue to the ports of one state over those of another, nor shall vessels bound to or from one state be obliged to enter, clear, or pay duties in another. No money shall be drawn from the treasury, but in consequence of appropriations made by law, and a regular statement and account of the receipts and expenditures of all public money shall be published from time to time. No title of nobility shall be granted by the United States, and no person holding any office of profit or trust under them shall, without the consent of the Congress, except of any present emolument, office or title of any kind whatsoever from any king, prince, or foreign state. Section 10, powers prohibited of states. No state shall enter into any treaty, alliance, or confederation grant grant letters of mark and reprisal, coin money, emit bills of credit, make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in payments of debts, pass any bill of attainer, ex post facto law, or law impairing the obligation of contracts, or grant any title of nobility. No state shall, without the consent of the Congress, lay any imposts or duties on imports or exports, except what may be absolutely necessary for executing its inspection laws and the net produce of all duties and imposts laid by any state on imports or exports shall be for the use of the Treasury of the United States, and all such laws shall be subject to the revision and control of the Congress. No state shall, without the consent of Congress, lay any duty of tonnage, keep troops or ships of war in time of peace, enter into any agreement or compact with another state or with a foreign power, or engage in war unless actually invaded or in such imminent danger as will not admit as will not admit of delay. Should I continue for a few more minutes?
0: Um, if you if you need to leave, that's fine. I can go ahead and uh, c- take over. Um, it looks like Nina is on, but we're having a little bit of issue with connection. So I'll go ahead and take over. That way, you weren't late for your appointment. Okay. Thank well, you. Thank- Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. Okay, great. Okay, continuing on Article Two, the Executive Branch, Section One, the President. The executive power shall be vested in a President of the United States of America. He shall hold his office during the term of four years and, together with the Vice President chosen for the same term, be elected as follows. Each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors equal to the whole number of senators and representatives to which the state may be entitled in the Congress. But no senator or representative or person holding on an office of trust or profit under the United States shall be appointed an elector. In parentheses in italics the electors shall meet in their respective states and vote by ballot for two persons of whom one at least shall not lie an inhabitant of the same state with themselves and they shall make a list of all the persons voted for and of the number of votes for each which list they shall sign and certify and transmit Sealed to, sealed to the seat of the government of the United States directed to the president of the Senate. The president of the Senate shall, in the presence of the Senate and the House of Representatives, open all the certifications, certificates, and the vote shall be counted. The person having the greatest number of votes shall be the president. If such number be a majority of the whole number of electors appointed, And if there be more than one who have such majority and have an equal number of votes, then the House of Representatives shall immediately choose by ballot, one of them for president. And if no person have a majority, then from the five highest on the list, the said house shall in the like manner, choose the president. But in choosing the president, the votes shall be taken by states. The representation from each state having one vote, a quorum for this purpose shall consist of a member or members from two thirds of the states and a majority of all the states shall be necessary to do a choice. In every case, after the choice of president, the person having the greatest number of votes of the electors shall be the vice president. But if there should be, uh, excuse me, If but if there should remain, two or more who have equal votes, the Senate shall choose from them by ballot, the vice president, in parentheses. In bold, parentheses, this clause, in parentheses, was superseded by the 12th amendment, in parentheses. The Congress may determine the time of choosing the electors and the date on which they shall give their votes, which day shall be the same throughout the United States. No person except a natural born citizen or citizen of the United States at the time of the adoption of this Constitution shall be eligible to the office of President. Neither shall any person be eligible to that office who shall not have attained to the age of 35 years and been 14 years a resident within the United States. In parentheses, italics. In case of the removal of the president from office or of his death, resignation or inability to discharge the powers and duties of the said office, the same shall devolve on the vice president and the Congress may by law provide for the case of removal, death, resignation or inability, both of the president and vice president, declaring what officer shall then act as president and such officer shall not, accordingly, until the disability be removed or a president shall be elected, in parentheses. In bold, parentheses, this clause, in parentheses, has been modified by the 20th and 25th Amendments, in parentheses. The president shall, at stated times, receive for his services a compensation which shall neither be Increase nor diminish during the period for which he shall have been elected, and he shall not receive within that period any other emolument from the United States or any of them. Before he enter on the execution of his office, he shall take the following oath or affirmation Quote, I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will faithfully execute the office of the President of the United States and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States," end quote. Section two, civilian power or military cabinet, pardon power, appointments. The President shall be commander in chief of the Army and Navy of the United States and of the militia of the several states. When called into the actual service of the United States, he may require the opinion in writing of the principal officer in each of the executive departments upon any subject relating to the duties of their respective offices. And he shall have power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States, except in cases of impeachment. He shall have power by and with the advice and consent of the Senate to make treaties, provide two thirds of the senators present concur, any shall nominate and by and with the advice and consent of the Senate shall appoint ambassadors, other public ministers and consuls, judges of the Supreme Court, and all other officers of the United States, whose appointments are not herein otherwise provided for, and which shall be established by law, but the Congress may by law. Vest the appointment of such inferior officers as they think proper in the president alone in the courts of law or in the heads of the departments the president shall have power to fill up all vacancies that may happen during the recess of the senate by granting commissions which shall expire at the end of their next session okay section three State of the Union, convening Congress. He shall from time to time give the Congress information of the State of the Union and recommend to their consideration such measures as he shall judge necessary and expedient. He may on extraordinary occasions convene both houses or either of them, and in case of disagreement between them with respect to the time of adjournment, he may adjourn them to such time as he shall think proper. He shall receive ambassadors and other public ministers, he shall take care in the laws that the laws be faithfully executed and shall commission in all officers of the United States. Section four Disqualification. The president, vice president, and all civil officers of the United States shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Nina, thank you so much for joining. Would you like to take and read um, from Article
1: 3? I, I guess so. Can you hear me? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, excellent. Well, this is my first time of trying something like this, so I was not sure. Okay. No worries.
0: This I, I greatly appreciate it. If you'd like to read article three um, to the amendment yes. section. Okay, great. Thank that's, you that's so much. What I've
1: practiced. All right, you're welcome. Article three, the judicial branch. Section one, judicial powers. The judicial power of the United States shall be vested in one Supreme Court and in in such inferior courts as Congress may from time to time ordain and establish. The judges, both of the supreme and inferior courts, shall hold their offices during good behavior and shall at stated times receive for their services a compensation which shall not be diminished during their continuance in office. Section 2 trial by jury, original jurisdiction, jury trials, parentheses, italics. The judicial power shall extend to all cases in law and equity arising under this Constitution, the laws of the United States and treaties made or which shall be made under their authority to all cases affecting ambassadors, other public ministers and consuls, to all cases of admiralty and maritime jurisdiction, to controversies to which the United States shall be a party, to controversies between two or more states, between a state and citizens of another state, between citizens of different states, between citizens of the same state claiming lands under grants of different states, and between a state or the citizens thereof, and, or no, sorry, and foreign states, citizens, or subjects, close parentheses, parentheses, bold. This section in parentheses is modified by the 11th Amendment, close parentheses. In all cases affecting ambassadors, other public ministers and consuls, and those in which a state shall be party, the Supreme Court shall have original jurisdiction. In all other cases before mentioned, the Supreme Court shall have appellate jurisdiction both as to law and fact with such exceptions under such regulations as the Congress shall make. The trial of all crimes except in cases of impeachment shall be by jury and such trial shall be held in the state where said crimes have been committed. But when not committed within any state, the trial shall be at such place or places that Congress may law have directed. Section 3, Treason. Treason against the United States shall consist only in levying war against them or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. No person shall be convicted of treason unless on the testimony of two witnesses to the same overt act or on confession in open court. The Congress shall have power to declare the punishment of treason, but no attainer of treason shall work corruption of blood or forfeiture except during the life of the person um, attained. Article 4, the states. Section 1. Each state to honor all others. Full faith and credit shall be given in each state to the public acts, records, and judicial proceedings of every other state, and Congress may, by general laws, prescribe the manner in which such acts, records, and proceedings shall be proved, and the effect thereof. Section 2. State Citizens Extradition The citizens of each state shall be entitled to all privileges and Communities of citizens in several state, In these several states. A person charged in any state with treason, felony, or other crime, who shall free from justice and be found in another state, shall, on demand of the executive authority of the state from which he fled, be delivered up to be removed to the state having jurisdiction of the crime. Parentheses. No person in italics. No person held to service or labor in one state under the laws thereof, escaping into another, shall, in consequence of any law or regulation therein, be discharged from such service or labor, but shall be delivered up on claim of property to whom service or labor may be due. Close parentheses. Parentheses, bold. This clause in parentheses is superseded by the 13th Amendment. Close parentheses. Section 3. New States. New States may be admitted by the Congress into this Union, but no new States shall be formed or erected within the jurisdiction of any other State, nor any State be formed by the junction of two or more States or parts of States without the consent of the legislatures of the states concerned, as well as of Congress. The Congress shall have power to dispose of and make all needful rules and regulations respecting the territory or other property belonging to the United States, and nothing in this Constitution shall be so constructed as to prejudice any claim of the United States or any particular state. Section 4. Republican government. The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion and on application of the legislature or of the executive when the legislature cannot be convened against domestic violence. Article 5, Amendment. The Congress... Wherever two-thirds of both houses shall deem it necessary, shall propose amendments to this Constitution, or on the application of the legislatures of two-thirds of the several states, shall call a convention for proposing amendments, which in in either case shall be valid to all intents and purposes as part of this Constitution." when ratified by the legislatures of three-fourths of the several states or by conventions in three-fourths thereof, as the one or the other mode of ratification may be proposed by Congress, provided that no amendment which may be made prior to year 1,808, shall in any manner affect the first and fourth clauses in the ninth section of the first article, and that no state without its consent shall be deprived of its equal suffrage in the Senate. Article 6. Debts, Supremacy, Oaths All debts contracted and engagements entered into before the adoption of this Constitution shall be as valid against the United States under this Constitution as under the Confederation. This Constitution and the laws of the United States shall be made in pursuance thereof, and all treaties made or which shall be made under the authority of the United States shall be the supreme law of the land, and the judges in every state shall be bound thereby." Anything in the Constitution or laws of any state, to the contrary, notwithstanding. The senators and representatives before mentioned, and the members of the several state legislatures, and all executive and judicial officers, both of the United States and of the several states, shall be bound by oath or affirmation to support this Constitution. But no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust under the United States. Article 7. Ratification. The ratification of the conventions of nine states shall be sufficient for the establishment of this constitution between the states, so ratifying the same. Done in convention by the unanimous consent of the states present, the seventeenth day of September in the year of our Lord one thousand seven hundred eighty-seven, and of the independence of the United States of America the twelfth, it witnessed that whereof we have hereunto subscribed our names. And did you want to read the names?
0: Yes, that would be lovely. Thank okay. you. Okay.
1: All right, George Washington, President and Deputy from Virginia. New Hampshire, John Langdon, Nicholas Nicholas Gilman. Massachusetts, Nathaniel Gorham, Rufus King. Connecticut, William Samuel Johnson, Roger Sherman. New York, Alexander Hamilton. New Jersey, Will Livingston, David Brerley, William Patterson, Jonathan Dayton. Pennsylvania, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Mifflin, Robert Morris, George Clymer, um, Theos Fitzsimmons, Jared Ingersoll, James Wilson, and Gulf. Morris Delaware George Reed Gunning Bedford Jr. John Dickinson Richard Bassett Jacob Broom Maryland James McHenry Dan of St. Theo Jennifer Daniel Carroll Virginia John Blair James Madison Jr. North Carolina William Blunt Richard Dobbs Spate Hugh Williamson South Carolina J. Rutledge Charles Coatsworth Pickney mm-hmm. Charles yes. Pickney Pierce Butler Georgia William Few Abra Baldwin Attest William Jackson Secretary. Thank and you Nina. The amendments. You're welcome. Appreciate it.
0: Linda, I'm would you... you, Oh, thank yeah. you again. Linda, would you like to carry on with the amendments?
2: I will indeed. Did you want me to stop at 12? Uh, yes. Okay. The amendments, the following are the amendments to the constitution. The first ten amendments collectively are commonly known as the Bill of Rights. Amendment 1, Freedom of Religion, Press, Expression, ratified December 15, 1791. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances amendment two right to bear arms ratified December 15 1791 a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed amendment three Quartering of Soldiers, ratified December 15, 1791. No soldier shall, in time of peace, be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner, nor in time of war, but in a manner to be prescribed by law. Amendment 4, Search and Seizure, ratified December 15, 1791. The right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated, and no warrants shall issue but upon probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, and particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or things to be seized. Amendment 5, Trial and Punishment, Compensation for Takings, ratified December 15, 1791 no person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury except in cases arising in the land or naval forces or in the militia when in actual service in time of war or public danger nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. Amendment 6, right to speedy trial, confrontation of witnesses, ratified December 15, 1791. In all criminal prosecutions, the accused shall enjoy the right to a speedy and public trial, by an impartial jury of the state and district wherein the crime shall have been committed, which district shall have been previously ascertained by law, and to be informed of the nature and cause of the accusation, to be confronted with the witnesses against him, to have compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in his favor, and to have the assistance of counsel for his defense. Amendment seven, trial by jury in civil cases ratified December 15, 1791. In suits at common law, where the value and controversy shall exceed $20, the right of trial by jury shall be preserved, and no fact tried by a jury shall be otherwise re-examined in any court of the United States than according to the rules of the common law. Amendment 8, Cruel and Unusual Punishment, ratified December 15, 1791. Excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted. Amendment 9. Construction of Constitution. Ratified Mm -hmm. December 15, 1791. The enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. Amendment 10 powers of the states and people, ratified December 15, 1791. The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively, or to the people. Amendment 11, Judicial Limits, ratified February 7, 1795. The judicial power of the United States shall not be construed to extend to any suit in law or equity commenced or prosecuted against one of the United States by citizens of another state or by citizens or subjects of any foreign state. Amendment 12, choosing the president, vice president, ratified June 15, 1804. The electors shall meet in their respective states, and vote by ballot for president and vice president, one of whom at least shall not be an inhabitant of the same state with themselves. They shall name in their ballots the person voted for as president, and in distinct ballots, the person voted for as vice president, and they shall make distinct lists of all persons voted for as president, and of all persons voted for as vice president, and of the number of votes for each, which lists they shall sign and certify, and transmit sealed to the seat of the government of the United States, directed to the President of the Senate. The President of the Senate shall, in the presence of the Senate and House of Representatives, open all the certificates and the votes shall then be counted. The person having the greatest number of votes for president shall be the President, if such number be a majority of the whole number of electors appointed. And if no person have such majority, then from the persons having the highest numbers not exceeding three on the list of those voted for as president, the House of Representatives shall choose immediately by ballot the president. But in choosing the president, the votes shall be taken by states, the representation from each state having one vote. A quorum for this purpose shall consist of a member or members from two-thirds of the state's and a majority of all the states shall be necessary to a choice. And if the House of Representatives shall not choose a president whenever the right of choice shall devolve upon them before the fourth day of March next following, then the vice president shall act as president as in the case of the death or other constitutional disability of the president. The person having the greatest number of votes as vice president shall be the vice president if such number be a majority of the whole number of electors appointed. And if no person have a majority, then from the two highest numbers on the list, the Senate shall choose the vice president. A quorum for the purpose shall constitute of two thirds of the whole number of senators and a majority of the whole number shall be necessary to a choice but no person constitutionally ineligible to the office of president shall be eligible to that of vice president of the United States. Thank you, Linda. My pleasure. Okay.
0: I will um, take it from here. Amendment 13, slavery abolished, ratified December 6, 1865. Number one. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. Number two, Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. Amendment 14, Citizens' Rights, ratified July 9, 1868. Number one, all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges of or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty or property without due process of law. Nor deny any, or, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the laws. Number two, representatives shall be apportioned among the several states according to their respective numbers, counting the whole number of persons in each state, excluding Indians not taxed. But when the right to vote at any election for the choice of electors for president and vice-president of the United States representatives in Congress, the executive and judicial officers of a state, or the members of the legislature thereof is denied to any of the male inhabitants of such state. Being 21 years of age and citizens of the United States are in any way abridged except for participation in rebellion or other crime, the basis of representation therein shall be reduced in the proportion which the number of such male citizens shall bear to the whole number of male citizens 21 years of age in such state. My times have changed. Number three, no person shall be a senator or a representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath, as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof, but Congress may by a vote of two-thirds of each house remove such disability number four the validity of the public debt of the united states authorized by law including debts incurred for payment of pensions and bounties for services in suppressing insurrection or rebellion shall not be questioned but neither the united states nor any state shall assume or pay any debt or obligation incurred in aid of insurrection or rebellion against the united states or any claim for the loss or emancipation of any slave, but all such debts, obligations, and claims shall be held legal and shall be held illegal and void. Number five, the Congress shall have power to enforce by appropriate legislation the precisions of this article. Amendment fifteen, race, no bar to vote, ratified february third, eighteen seventy. Number one, The right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude. Number two, the Congress shall have power to enforce the article by appropriate legislation. Amendment 16, status of income, tax clarified. Ratified February 3rd, 1913. The Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived without a proportionate among the several states and without regard to any census or enumeration. Amendment 17, Senators Elected by Popular Vote, ratified April 8, 1913. The Senate of the United States shall be composed of two senators from each state elected by the people thereof for six years, and each senator shall have one vote. The electors in each state shall have the qualifications requisite for electors of the most numerous branch of the state le- legislatures. When vacancies happen in the representation of any state in the Senate, the executive authority of the state, such state shall issue writs of election to fill such vacancies, provided that the legislature of any state may empower the executive thereof to make temporary appointments until the people fill the vacancies by the election as the legislature may direct. This amendment shall not be so construed as to affect the election or term of any senator chosen before it becomes valid as part of the constitution. Amendment 18, liquor abolished, ratified, January 16, 1919, repealed by Amendment 21, December 5, 1933. Number one, after one year from the ratification of this article, the manufacture, sale, or transportation of intoxicating liquors within, the importation thereof into, or the exportation thereof from the United States and all territories subject to the jurisdiction thereof for beverage purposes is hereby prohibited. Number two, the Congress and the several states shall have concurrent power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. Number three, this article shall be inoperative unless it shall have been ratified as an amendment to the Constitution by the legislatures of the several states as provided in the Constitution within seven years from the date of the submission hereof to the states by the Congress. Amendment 19, women's suffrage ratified August 18th, 1920. Whoops. Number 1. Oops. Sorry. Amendment 19, women's suffrage ratified August 18th, 1920. The right of citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of sex. Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. Amendment 20, presidential congressional terms, ratified January 23rd, 1933. Number one, the terms of the president and vice president shall end at noon on the 20th day of January and the terms of senators and representatives at noon on the third day of January of the years in which such terms would have ended if this article had not been ratified and the terms of their successors shall then begin. Number two, the Congress shall assemble at least once in every year, and such meetings shall begin at noon on the third day of January unless they shall, by law, appoint a different day. Number three, if, at the time, fixed for the beginning of the term of the president, the president-elect shall have died, the vice president elect shall become president. If a president shall not have been chosen before the time fixed for the beginning of his term, or if the president elect shall have failed to qualify, then the vice president elect shall act as president until a president shall have qualified. And the Congress may by law provide for the case wherein neither a president elect nor a vice president elect shall have qualified. Declaring who shall then act as president or the manner in which one who is to act shall be elected, and such persons shall act accordingly until a president or vice president shall have qualified. Number four, the Congress may by law provide the case of the death of any of the persons from whom the House of Representatives may choose a president whenever the right of choice shall have devolved upon them. And for the case of death of any of the persons from whom the Senate may choose as a vice-president whenever the right of choice shall have devolved upon them. Number five, sections one and two shall take effect on the 15th day of October following the ratification of this article. Number six, this article shall be inoperative unless it shall have been ratified as an amendment to the Constitution by the legislatures of three-fourths of the several states within seven years from the date of its submission. Amendment 21. Amendment 18 repealed, ratified December 5th, 1933. Number 1. The 18th article of amendment to the Constitution of the United States is hereby repealed. Number 2. The transportation or importation into any state, territory, or possession of the United States for delivery or use therein of intoxicating liquors in violation of the laws thereof is hereby prohibited. Number three, the article shall be inoperative unless it shall have been ratified as an amendment to the Constitution by conventions in the several states as provided in the Constitution within seven years from the date of the submission hereof to the states by the Congress. Amendment 22, presidential term limits ratified February twenty-seventh, 1951. Number one. No person shall be elected to the office of the president more than twice, and no person who has held the office of president or acted as president for more than two years of a term to which some other person was elected president shall be elected to the office of president of the president more than once. But this article shall not apply to any person holding the office of president when this article was proposed by the Congress and shall not prevent. Any person who may be holding the office of president or acting as president during the term within which this article becomes operative from holding the office of president or acting as president during the remainder of such term. Number two, this article shall be inoperative unless it shall have been ratified as an amendment to the Constitution by the legislatures of three-fourths of the several states within seven years from the date of its submission to the states by the Congress. Amendment 23, presidential vote for District of Columbia ratified March 29th, 1961. Number one, the district constituting the seat of government of the United States shall appoint in such manner as the Congress may direct a number of electors of president and vice president equal to the whole number of the senators and representatives in Congress to which the district would be entitled if it were a state. But in no event more than the least populous state they shall be in addition to those appointed by the states but they shall be considered for the purposes of the election of the president and vice president to be the electors appointed by a state and they shall meet in the district and perform such duties as provided by the 12th article of amendment number two the congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation Amendment 24, poll tax barred, ratified January twenty-third, 1964. Number one, the right of the citizens of the United States to vote in any primary or election for president or vice president, for electors, for president or vice president, or for senator or representative in Congress, shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or any state by any reason of failure to pay poll tax or other tax. Number two, the Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. Amendment 25, Presidential Disability and Succession, ratified February 10, 1967. Number one, in case of the removal of the President from office or of his death or resignation, the Vice President shall become President. Number two. Whenever there is a vacancy in the office of the vice president, the president shall nominate a vice president who shall take office upon confirmation by a majority vote of the both houses of Congress. Number three, whenever the president transmits to the president pro tempore of the Senate and the speaker of the House representatives his written declaration that he is unable to discharge the powers and duties of office, And until he transmits to them a written declaration to the contrary, such powers and duties shall be discharged by the vice president as acting president. Number four, whenever the vice president and a majority of either the principal officers of the executive departments or of such other body as Congress may by law provide, transmit to the president pro tempore of the Senate and the Speaker of the House of Representatives their written declaration that the President is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office, the Vice President shall immediately assume the powers and duties of the office as acting President. Thereafter, when the President transmits to the President pro tempore of the Senate and the Speaker of the House of Representatives his written declaration that no inability exists, he shall resume the powers and duties of his office unless the Vice President and a majority of either the principal officers of the executive department or of such other bodies Congress may by law provide, transmit within four days to the president pro tempore of the Senate and the House and the Speaker of the House of Representatives their written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office. Thereupon, Congress shall decide the issue, assembling within 48 hours for that purpose, if not in session. If the Congress, within 21 days after receipt of the latter written declaration, or if Congress is not in session within 21 days after Congress is required to assemble, determines by two thirds vote of both houses that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office, the vice president shall continue to discharge the same as acting president. Otherwise, the president shall resume the powers and duties of his office. Amendment 26. Voting set age. Uh, sorry, voting age set to 18 years, ratified July 1, 1971. Number 1, the right of citizens of the United States who are 18 years of age or older to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of age. Number 2, the Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. Amendment 27 limiting Congressional pay increases ratified May 7th, 1992. No law verifying varying the compensation for the services of the senators and representatives shall take effect until an election of representatives shall be intervened. Wow.
2: Seriously. What a
0: document,
1: Dana. What a document.
0: That is the law of the land.
1: It's kind of exciting, isn't it? It sure is. It sure is.
0: Um, and like I said, uh, I had no idea the importance of today until I started researching it. <laughs> well, so this I knew it. Was a, Go ahead, Nina. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, uh, I was going to say I knew my high school, at least in some of the classes, always did something, um, you know, about it. But I really had not ever read. I hadn't read the, the third article until I read it last night so I could read it now. So that was cool.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah this i um actually i found this is a a good lesson but i i i thought it was a cool experience yes i agree yeah thanks so well thank you very much and um nina i was not able to properly introduce you so i would like to (laughs) do that now uh nina morley day you are the founder of two days science with Mm. 38 plus years as a public school science teacher First FRC robotics coach.
1: Yep. Excellent. That's that's about it. Or that was a quick part. Hey, I'm so sorry I was later to get on to this, but um I, I was juggling a few things and all of a sudden went oh my gosh. Anyway, but <laughs> it seems like it worked. Good it to all worked you out. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, it all worked out and I greatly appreciate y'all's help. Um this was actually a new experience for a group of us because uh I've I've done this podcast for about a year and a half now, and I've had a few callers call in. Um, But I know for uh, Linda and Larice and uh, yourself, um, connecting was a little bit of a challenge. (laughs) And (laughs) so that's a lesson learned. (laughs) I'm sure the younger generation has it all over us.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I managed to get. I got my my earbuds, and we did it. So works for me. No, it was. I think that's a win. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, no, right, it was well, a, a great one. Thank you so much. And uh, I'd like to close out today, um, again, thanking everyone who attended. And um, I know there's a few of you that uh, joined our live studio, um, you can get the recording, um, if you'd like to, um, later on, as soon as it's published, I'll be posting that. And uh, we live stream on Apple podcast, uh, formerly iTunes. Uh, the podcast is actually now streaming on Spotify, and just got approved for Amazon Audible, and uh, we are waiting approval for um, Pandora. So exciting times for let's talk for financial or let's talk financial Aid for college. Um, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me. Uh, my name is Dana. I'm from Financial Aid Compliance Solutions. And uh, you can catch me or get in contact with me on my LinkedIn page um, under my name. So thanks again for everyone joining in. Greatly appreciated. Go out and make it a great day.
1: All right. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.